Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, thank you all for joining me. Like I said, I'm going to answer some questions about English real quick and get out of here. I have one, two, three, four, five questions that I'll be answering and then if y'all have questions, leave them in the comment section or or whatever. Or join on Discord and you can chat with me live if you'd like. You know, but I see people starting to come in. So I'm going to get started. And anybody watching, if more people start to join, feel free to let them know in the comments what's happening. That way, you know, I can just focus on answering y'all's questions here. I pulled these questions directly from my TikTok comments. So Continue to leave your questions in the comments section or join the Discord server and leave your questions there and I'll answer them as soon as I get the chance. But I'm going to answer five starting right now. So let's go ahead and get started. Let me know in the comments if you guys can hear me okay, if you can see me okay. Um, let me know if I'm speaking too fast and stuff like that. Let me know where you're from, where are you watching a live stream from, and why you are not at work right now. Why are you watching my live instead of at work or studying? Anyway. Let's go ahead and get started, my friends. Hello, teacher. Missed you. What's up, my friend? I don't know what your name is. Let me know your name so I can address you properly. But uh, I'm glad to be back. Thank you for being here and watching the live stream. We are going to go ahead and get started, my friends. So the first question I'm going to answer is how do you use the word thus? T-H-U-S. Thus. There are a couple ways to use this word. But I'm only going to teach you the ways that we actually use it nowadays because it's already a pretty formal word. All right. So I'm just going to give you the useful definitions. Here we go. Number one, the most common way to use this word thus is in place of the word therefore or the word hence and sometimes so. Okay. And therefore and hence are also pretty formal words, just so you know. Now, all of these words basically mean as a result or Consequently, that's what you can think of when you hear the word thus. All right, so here are some examples. No one showed up to the Pilates class, thus, the class was canceled. Right? No one showed up to the Pilates class, therefore, the class was canceled. 
Or I could say, no one showed up to the Pilates class. Consequently, the class was canceled. Or I could say, no one showed up to the Pilates class, so the class was canceled. That's probably the most natural way to say it. But I could also say, no one showed up to the Pilates class. As a result, the class was canceled. All of those to me are the same. Thus, therefore, consequently, so as a result, you can use them all in the same way in this context. I think the most common and the least formal is so. But that is how you use the word thus in place of words like so, therefore, consequently, or hence. Okay. Now, another common way to use this word is to say to this point or to this degree or to this extent. So let me give you some examples. I could ask you, how has your new job been thus far? How's your new job been thus far? And what I'm asking is, how has your new job been so far? And maybe you don't understand that either. What that really means is, how has your job been up until this point, until this current moment in time, right? From the time you started working until now, how has the job been so far or thus far, right? Until this point in time right now. That's what we're asking. Okay. I could also say we opened our store three months ago and we've already been robbed three times thus far. Or I could say we opened our store three months ago and we've already been robbed three times so far. Again, a lot of times when you hear the word thus, a much more casual or informal option is the word so, as you just saw in those two examples I gave you. So let me know if that makes sense. In the comments, somebody let me know. So far is better. I don't know if it's better, but I definitely think it's more informal and more natural than the word thus. Thus is a very formal word, and I use it sometimes on the podcast, but like in casual speech, I would never say thus. You know what I mean? It's just an older, more formal word, in my opinion, you know? All right. It makes sense. Cool. I appreciate that. So that was question number one. How do you use the word thus? Hopefully, most of you understood that. But if you didn't, let me know in the comments. So let's move on to the second question. Can I use the word positive as a synonym for the word sure? For example, I'm positive that it's going to rain. Can I say that? So for all of you that don't know, we use the word sure, S-U-R-E, sure, to express certainty, right? To express that you have no doubts about something. For example, I'm sure I saw her yesterday. That's the same thing as saying, I'm certain I saw her yesterday, right? Or I could ask you, are you sure you want to join the military? That's the same thing as asking, are you certain that you want to join the military? Same thing, okay? Now, we also use the word positive to express certainty, Right. For example, I'm positive I can do this. Same thing as saying I'm certain I can do this. Right. Or I could ask you, you said you want to do this, but are you positive? Are you positive you want to do it? It's the same thing as asking, are you sure or are you certain that you want to do this? So the question is, can I use the words sure and positive interchangeably? Do they always mean the same thing? In my opinion, the word positive sounds stronger than the word sure. Because sometimes we say, I'm sure, about things that we believe, but do not know. But when I use the word positive, I am 100% certain. There is zero doubts in my mind. Sometimes I say, I'm sure, even though I'm not certain. I just believe that this thing is true. Right? Like, I'm sure she would love that present. 
Oh, I'm sure she would love it. I don't really know that. I'm not certain she would love it, but I believe that she would love it. So if I said I'm positive she would love it, that means absolutely I know for a fact she would love it. Hopefully you guys can see the difference between the two. Very similar, but to me, when I say I'm positive, it's definite. There is zero doubt. But sometimes when I say I'm sure, I believe, but I don't know. Does that make sense? Let me know. All right, so it seems like you guys understood that as well. The difference between I'm sure and I'm positive. Cool. So let's move on to the third question that I pulled from my TikTok comments. What's the difference between as and like? Now, I'm going to start by giving you an example sentence using each word, and then I'll explain the differences between the two because they are similar. Okay, so example one. As your teacher, I'll help you as much as I can. So in this sentence, I am the teacher that I'm referring to when I say as your teacher. Because when I say that, as your teacher, you can think I'm referring to the fact that my role is your teacher. I'm saying I am your teacher. And since that is my role, that is my responsibility, as your teacher, I will help you as much as I can. Now, if I say, like your teacher, I'll help you as much as I can. In this sentence, I am not your teacher, but I want to help you in a way that is similar to your teachers. I want to help you like your teacher does. So I'm referring to somebody else, not myself. Hopefully that makes sense. But now I'm going to explain a little bit more. So we use the word like, but not the word as, to compare two things. For example, she's got a black car like me. It's the same thing as saying she's got a black car similar to me. I wouldn't say as me. She's got a black car as me. That doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Right? We use the word like when comparing things. I am like you. We are like them. I am not as you, and we are not as them. Hopefully that makes sense, right? Now, I could also say, like the other students, he doesn't like coming to class so early in the morning. Now, I use the word like two times in that sentence, and each time the word has a different meaning. Like the other students, he doesn't like coming to class so early, right? So the first time I use the word like at the beginning of the sentence, I'm saying similar to the other students, right? Like the other students. I would not say as the other students. That's not how we compare people. You see? So similar to the other students, he doesn't like or enjoy coming to class so early in the morning. Right? When we compare things like appearance or behavior, we use like, not as. For example, that house looks like a castle. It doesn't look as a castle. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. It looks like a castle. It looks similar to a castle. That's what you can think. Excuse me. That's what you can think when you hear like. Similar to. Okay? Cool. So, another example with as and the difference. I could say, he worked for a long time as a teacher. I'm not comparing anything, so I wouldn't say like a teacher. He worked for a long time like a teacher. Because I'm not comparing anything. When I say as a teacher, I'm saying in the role of a teacher, in that position. That's really what I'm saying. So I work as a teacher. I work as a developer. I work as a nurse. I wouldn't say like, unless I meant to say I work in a similar way. You see what I'm saying? They're not making comparisons. But when I say I work as this thing, I'm saying I work in the role of this profession, person, whatever. 
Hopefully that makes sense. Let me know if that makes sense. It makes sense. Cool. All right. I'm glad that makes sense. And always remember to verify information because this is my explanation. Maybe there are some exceptions I'm not considering. And I know somebody's going to be in the comments like, hey, you piece of shit. That's wrong. My American friend told me. Like, all right. All right. Maybe there are some exceptions to the rules that I forgot. But now you understand the basic difference between like and as. Typically, we use the word like to make comparisons, to say similar to something else. And normally we use the word as when we mean to say in the role of, like I work as a teacher. I work in the role of a teacher. There are some exceptions now that I'm thinking about it, but I don't want to confuse you. Those are the main two differences. So focus on mastering those fundamental differences first, and then we'll move on to some advanced stuff once you master that. I think that's better. All right. Cool. So next question, number four out of five. The next question, could you explain the meaning of the word do? D-U-E, not D-O even though those two words sound exactly the same. D-U-E, how to use this word. For example, when is your baby due? Or, I didn't come due to whatever reason. So, like I explained to the person who asked me this question, the first thing you need to know is that the word due has a different meaning in each of those two sentences I just gave you. Okay, so let's start with the first one. When is your baby due? The word do in this case means expected to arrive or expected to be delivered, right? So when is your baby expected to be born? When is your baby expected to arrive, you know, in the real world? You know what I mean when I say arrive, be born, right? When is your baby due? It's a very common question. So the second sentence, I didn't come due to. In this case, we're not talking about expected to arrive or anything like that. And actually, let me give you a better example sentence. The festival was canceled due to a tropical storm. So in this case, the word due means because of. So if this thing did not happen due to this thing, I'm saying this thing didn't happen because of this thing or for this reason. Does that make sense? All right, I'm going to assume you guys understood. Nobody's leaving comments about that, but uh, I got the meaning of it. All right, cool. We're going to move on to the next and final question. Let's do it. How do I use the word such? S-U-C-H, such. All right, this word is used before a noun and sometimes an adjective to add emphasis to whatever it is you're talking about. For example... I love Luke Thompson. He's such a good English teacher. Shout out to you, Luke. Now, in this example, he's such a good English teacher. I'm putting emphasis on the fact that he is a good English teacher. Because I could say, I love Luke Thompson. He's a good English teacher. But if I want to emphasize the fact that he is a good English teacher, I could say, he's a great English teacher. He's a fantastic English teacher. He's a marvelous, wonderful amazing English teacher. All of these are stronger versions of the word good. You can add emphasis in that way. But if you want to emphasize the phrase good teacher, you can say such a good teacher. He is such a good teacher. You see? So I'm putting emphasis on the fact that he is good. Another example. You are such an idiot. You're such an idiot. 
right? And the word becomes before, I said it becomes, excuse me, I said it comes before a noun, but a lot of times it will become, it will come before the word a or a in this case, right? He's such a good teacher. I would never say he's such good teacher. It just hits the ear wrong. It's grammatically incorrect. He's such a good teacher or such a good teacher, right? Or he's such a good teacher. So don't get that confused. And that's why I say you're such an idiot. I wouldn't say you're such idiot. Doesn't make sense, right? So he's such an idiot. You are such a fucking idiot, man. And I'm just putting emphasis on the fact that you are an idiot. You're such an idiot. Like You're really an idiot. You see what I'm saying? So you put that before whatever noun or adjective you're using to put emphasis on it. Another example. That was such a fascinating conversation. I'm just emphasizing the fact that it was a fascinating conversation. It was such a fascinating conversation. So fascinating, right? Another example. Arabic is such a difficult language to learn. It's such a difficult language. It is so difficult, right? It's not just difficult. It's extremely difficult, right? Example. She is such a good teacher. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect, my friend. You got it. Right? Or I never knew you were such a good soccer player. I never knew you were so good. Right? You were such a good player. Not just a good player, but you are really good. I'm sure you guys understand the concept. Hopefully you understand. Let me know in the comments. All right? Now, we also use this word to reference something of a particular or similar type. Okay? So let me give you some examples. I might say something like, how could you say such a thing? How could you say such a thing? Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said. How could you say such a thing? (laughs) Uh, And what I'm saying is, how could you say something like that? Because, again, depending on the context, we use this word to reference something of a particular type or something of a similar type. Right. So when I say, how could you say such a thing? Remove that word and ask the same question. How could you say something like that? That's really what you're saying, right? Like, I hate all English teachers. How could you say something like that? How could you say such a thing? How could you say something like that? That's the way you can think of it when you hear it in this context. Another example. Companies such as ours need to focus on branding, not sales. Another way to say the same thing is companies like ours, companies similar to ours, need to focus on branding and not sales. Now, in that case, I said such as. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Damn, you know what? It's funny. I prepared this explanation. I took my time with it, but I just realized that I have to explain such as. So I'm going to do that in the next live as well. I've explained such, but such as is a little different because you don't always say such as. I'm going to have to think about that. All right. Because my next example makes me realize that even more. I'll give you one more example. I tried to do it in such a way that it wouldn't bother anybody. It's the same thing as saying I tried to do it in a way that wouldn't bother anybody. When you say such a way, it's really unnecessary to say in that case. So these last two examples that I just gave you, I'm going to have to think of an even better explanation on when and why we say things like such as or in such a way, right? Yeah, it's more complex than I than I thought when preparing this explanation. But hopefully with the first example, you can understand. We're talking about something in particular or something similar to what we're talking about. How could you say such a thing? How could you say something like that? That's really what you're saying. I did not think that there were any holes in my explanation, man, but clearly there are big ass fat hole right in the middle so i got again in the next live i'll revisit the word such but hopefully now it's at least a little bit more clear let me know in the comments is any of this clear while i try to read some of these comments that have been coming in can i use such to describe myself I mean, yeah, technically, it just depends on what you mean by that. Like, I'm such a good listener. I'm such a good cook. I'm referring to myself. So if that's what you're asking, then yes, absolutely. Uh, How can I improve my four skills? I'm glad you asked that question. I just finished recording a podcast episode about that subject, asking for advice. But to answer your question directly... How can I improve my four skills? I'm guessing you're talking about reading, writing, listening, and speaking. The problem is that's a very vague question. I would need a lot more information from you to give you what I think is the correct answer because there's a bunch of different ways you can improve the four skills, but it depends on you, your personality, your preferred learning style, how much time you have, how much money you have, what things you're naturally interested in, what things you're willing to do and not willing to do what resources you have available to you, like all of that is very important if I'm going to give you advice on how to improve four separate skills, you know? So the basic answer I can give you that's short is practice, but I'm sure that's not the answer you're looking for. You know what I mean? So if you're trying to improve your reading skills, you need to understand or discover what your reading level is right now because you might choose a book that's way too advanced for you when you need to be much more basic to start i don't know so i can't tell you for sure if you're trying to improve your writing skills it depends on what you mean by that do you mean just texting casually with friends do you mean writing essays do you mean writing emails do you mean writing books blog posts like all those require different writing styles different word choice different length you know what i mean i could recommend a google chrome extension called grammarly which helps you improve your grammar your spelling the pro version that you have to pay for helps you form better sentences So there's a bunch of stuff I could recommend, but I don't know what exactly you're trying to achieve in the area of writing. The same thing for listening. I could tell you listen to podcasts. 
I could tell you watch interviews. I could tell you watch movies. It just depends on you. The same thing for speaking. Speaking is easy. The most important thing you need to do, the only thing you need to do if trying to improve your speaking skills is speak all day, every day. And it's even better if you record yourself so that you can track your progress over time so that you can analyze what needs to be improved. Maybe you don't realize the words that you say all the time until you record yourself saying those words. Right. Maybe you don't realize there are a bunch of words that you don't know until you talk to a real person. It, it just depends. So. I know I couldn't give you a direct answer that would solve your problem, but I would need more information to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully some of that information helped you in some way. It is the first time I hear such an explanation. Is that correct? Technically, yes, this is the first time I've heard such an explanation. You could say that. Um, I'm trying to give you a quick, clear answer. Yes, that is correct, depending on the context. But naturally, if I were leaving a comment on a video, I would say it's the first time I've heard such a adjective here and then the word explanation. This is the first time I've heard such a good explanation or such a clear explanation such a poor explanation an adjective um, is not required but naturally leaving a comment with no context that's how I would say it this is the first time I've heard such a good bad wonderful excellent explanation I hope that helps I can speak English softly and without conjugations or I necessarily have to add conjugations I don't know what you mean by softly but do you need to conjugate your verbs yeah (laughs) I mean I guess I understand I don't know but I guess I understand your question which is do you absolutely have to conjugate your verbs technically no you don't have to but it's going to make it more difficult to understand you if you don't You will be understood by natives most of the time if you're not conjugating your verbs or even conjugating them correctly. You'll probably be understood for the most part. But like, I guess my question is, why would you not conjugate your verbs? Why would you not do that? I don't understand why you're asking the question. So it's hard to answer it. Um, I supposed means something I had to do, right? Yes, if somebody says I'm supposed to cook dinner tonight it means that it's not that you have to do it it's that you're expected to i'm supposed to be at this job interview at 11 a.m it means that you're expected to be there at 11 you see what i'm saying like you agreed to meet at 11 so they're expecting you at 11 so you're supposed to be there you're meant to be there you're expected to be there if you're not supposed to be here it means that we were not expecting you or you're not allowed to be here you see Like at a museum, for example, let's imagine you're at a museum looking at the art and the exhibits and you start touching the artwork. Somebody says, excuse me, you're not supposed to touch the artwork, which means you're not allowed to. We're not expecting you to. We're expecting you to just look at it. We're not expecting you to touch it. You're not supposed to touch it. The art is not meant to be touched. It's not intended to be touched. It's not supposed to be touched. So hopefully that makes sense to you. Please let me know. Another podcast for learning English as good as your podcast, please. 
That's a good one too. Some other podcasts for learning English. The only one I can recommend confidently is Luke's English podcast. Now I will say he's from across the pond. You know he's from the UK, so he has a, an accent that's very different from mine. If you're not interested in hearing the British accent or learning that accent, then maybe you won't enjoy it. But it's a very good podcast. He's got like 700 episodes or some crazy shit. You know he's been doing it for a long time. I enjoy the podcast, you know, so I highly recommend you check that one out. It's very interesting. He's always picking different subjects. The episodes are quite long, so you can sit and just listen and zone out and immerse yourself in the language. He's also a stand-up comedian, so he takes his comedic skills and involves them in each episode to not only teach you English but make you laugh and stay entertained as well. You know what I'm saying? So I can recommend that one. But other than that, podcasts for learning English, I can't recommend because most of them just give you grammar lessons, speaking exercises, lists of vocabulary, and that shit is boring to me. So I would recommend podcasts made for English speakers that talk about a subject you're interested in. So if you're into marketing, listen to podcasts about marketing. If you're interested in music, listen to podcasts about music. Listen to people talk about those things. You know. So I would say pick podcasts that were made for natives, but make sure they're talking about something that you're interested in. That is how you learn real English and get accustomed to the way that real people speak. You know, because a podcast made for English learners, most of the time we are speaking like this, so you can understand what we are saying. But we do not speak like this in real life. We do not slow down our speech and enunciate to such a degree. Because I know I can speak naturally, and I know you're going to understand me if you're a native. This is how I normally talk. You see what I'm saying? I don't enunciate the same way if I'm talking to like my sister. I talk much faster. I blend my words together just like this. And obviously, I don't always speak this fast, but you can get the point as I speak like this naturally. You see? Obviously, I don't always speak that fast, like I just said. But the point is, listening to podcasts made for natives guarantees that you are listening to pure, authentic English. A lot of times, a podcast made for learners is made so that you can understand what's being said. Hopefully that makes sense, but I think podcasts made for natives or an Eng a podcast for English learners where the podcaster is speaking as naturally as possible. So quickly you can say it slower. Yes, I was just trying to prove a point, and that was my point. Is real natives typically speak much, much, much faster than I'm speaking right now. A lot of people say, "Why can I understand you, Tony, but I can't understand other native speakers? What the fuck?" And that's because one, I don't speak as fast as most natives in general. But two, when I'm recording the podcast or making videos, I'm speaking in a way that I know you will understand, or you have the highest chance of understanding. Because if I'm speaking naturally and I know you're learning English and you're not going to understand half of it, I'm wasting your time and my time. So that's why you can understand me is because I enunciate, which means I pronounce my words more clearly and completely. Than a typical native because I'm talking to somebody who is not a native. That's why you can understand me and not my sister or my brother or my friends. That might not always be the reason, but most of the time that's the reason. How while you speak English too fluid, bro. Twenty seven years of practice, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's just practice. You can speak English the same way if you practice every day with real people. I promise. That is not my opinion. That is not a guess. That is not a bet. That's a promise. You just practice every single day with real people. Ask the right questions. 
You know what I'm saying? Apply the right study method. You will improve your English. And maybe you'll never speak exactly like a native, but that should not be the goal. But you will get to a point where you can have advanced level conversations comfortably. That is the right goal. In my opinion, I know some people are learning for professional purposes to pass a test and all that. I'm not teaching that group of people. I am not an IELTS exam type of teacher. I cannot prepare you for that type of stuff. But just real English, real people, the day-to-day stuff, casual, real life in the United States of America, I got you. So if you just do what I'm telling you to do, just practice with real people every day, there's no way you're not going to improve, bro. I promise. I've done it twice. So with Spanish and Portuguese, I've done it. I'm not making this shit up because it sounds good. I promise that's all you need to do. All right? So try it and let me know how it works. All right, Kai, I almost understand any show or movie with subtitles, but without them, I get lost. Is that normal? What's your name? That boy, Jordy. Jordy, what's up, my man? Thank you for being here. To answer your question, yes, it's totally normal. Totally normal. To get to a point where you're watching movies or series or whatever with subtitles, and you can always understand with the subtitles. If you turn off the subtitles, you can't understand everything. That's normal. I think that's the point where you need to turn off the subtitles completely, forever. Because if you can understand everything with the subtitles, now you're at a point where you're comfortable and you need to push yourself to the next level. You need to do that. You need to choose to realize, oh, I'm good here. I feel comfortable. But I'm not learning if I'm comfortable. So I need to increase the difficulty. Turn off the subtitles completely and train your brain to understand. Listen again and again and again and again. If you need to, turn the subtitles back on to see what that sentence was. Turn them back off and keep studying, keep practicing. So it's totally normal to understand with subtitles and to understand some of it without. That just means you're on the right path. You're making progress. Because before, you couldn't understand anything even with the subtitles. Now you can. So you have made progress. But you got to keep going to the next level. So yes, it's normal. You're on the right path. All right, y'all. I got to go. Shout out to everybody here on the live from Saudi, Saudi Arabia, from Colombia, El Salvador, Russia, Brazil, all of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching the live. Y'all have a great Monday, man. Be productive. Practice your motherfucking English. And I'll see y'all soon. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.